boxing fans, I am really, today's episode, I really need to get it off my chest first. There's not a lot of fights that I see on the weekend, so it's a good opportunity to get it off my chest. I got to do it because I'm sick of it now. I'm sick of it as a fan. I'm sick of it as a watcher. I'm sick of it as somebody who's doing coverage on the podcast here at CombatTalkRadio.net slash CombatTalk.fm. And I am just, I don't even know what to think. And some people will be like, well, he's hes doing what he's doing. I understand. It's, it's the pattern. It's the visual. It's when you're trying to get mainstream. Shakur Stevenson's learning this right now, which is why he, quote, retired on social media. It's, the visual is important as a fighter, quote, boxer, because Crawford said that this isn't fighting. So boxing, when the visual is put that you are essentially dropping rounds all the way up until the very last minute, and then you eke out wins, which unfortunately Oshaki Foster has now done three times back to back. He ekes out a win and I'm getting sick of seeing him eke out wins because I see quality in the dude. I see he's capable of more, but for whatever fucking reason, he's not doing it. I understand he's the one in there throwing the leather. I'm not trying to criticize a strategy. I'm saying it's going to be hard for him to appeal to a mainstream audience if he cannot do, like he's the opposite of Andre. Andre would essentially do a boxing, a boring boxing masterclass over 12 rounds every time, like clockwork, until what happens? He gets up in there against Benavides and gets blitzed and taken out in short order. Oshaki Foster is doing the opposite. He's doing basically nothing for the first minimum six rounds at this point in all three fights. In the first minimum six, he's doing arguably nothing, not a damn thing. Late in the fight, something happens that wakes him up, and then all of a sudden, he happens to either get a knockout or he gets a split. Just recently, he fought Abraham Nova, and I said before this, he needed to stamp every damn round because Nova was had the power to do something on this, and that was on display. There was no point where... It was somebody would take it that Nova's anywhere close to Foster's class. That's not what I'm saying. He wasn't in terms of class. I'm talking about the power and the power could have swayed the judges because Nova was going to be the aggressor. That ultimately happened when you're the aggressor and you've got that power. You're going to sway judges mind that you're winning the fight. That's what I was always concerned about. So seeing Foster eke out a split decision win over this dude. And I'm not dismissing Nova at all. I'm, I'm actually reasonably high on him too, but that's why I'm frustrated because I knew Foster is the more skilled fighter. He has more talent than what Nova was going to bring to the table. All he had to do was go and deal with him, deal with him early, put a stamp on every round. Even if he didn't want to put himself in any risk, I understand that, but fuck. And then apparently I didn't see this, but apparently Foster had problems making weight leading into the fight. So I don't know if he hears it. And I know on YouTube, somebody had said, you know, I'm going to share this to Foster because he needs to hear this shit. If, if you're out there and you share it to him, good. I saw an interview with him. I think he's a good dude. I think he's got some issues he needs to sort out because if he steps up, he's going to get taken out. And I don't want to see that happen to him. So I think he's a good fighter. I think he's, he's quality. It's just, he's not using it. And I don't know why whether that's his lifestyle outside the ring, whether that's his trainer, whether that's injury, I don't know. But three fights now, this dude has essentially not impressed anybody in the first half of the fight. You're talking very short attention spans. You're talking to an audience who's not going to play with guys who put out boring master classes. They're going to get up and leave. We see this happen time and time again. So they won't even get to the point of seeing this outcome. And regardless, 
when you get a split decision win with this guy, that gives the illusion that this guy was somehow close to your class when he wasn't. One judge actually did have Nova winning, and I think that's a joke. I had Foster winning the fight. My point is, I don't think it should have been anywhere close. It was only close because Foster didn't show up. He got the W. He didn't show up, as in stamp every damn round to show the judges that you're better than this guy. That did not happen. That's my frustration and what I want him to change. So, yeah, again, if he ever hears it, I don't know what it's going to take for you to stamp every round and show the skill that I know that you have. As a fighter, Regan Diaw had to learn this, I think, the hard way. He's the closest example I see of you, dude, is Regan Diaw, for the vast majority of his career, was doing boring boxing master classes every single time out. He meets Lomachenko, doesn't even half throw fucking punches, and then claims he had his hand hurt when he didn't even land the shit, but gets completely blitzed and dominated. Leaves, comes back, and he's a different fighter. Now he's going for knockouts. Now he's actually trying. Now he's actually throwing. Now he's actually moving forward. Arguably, I like to see the same thing from Nick Walters. He just got a decision, I believe, in his return after he quit against Lomachenko. So I maybe it's just that, dude, you got to take an L, another L, before you show up again. But you've already taken those Ls that you know you're coming from, un, from behind. You're coming up. You're not at the level. You should be from a skill perspective, but you're coming up. These kinds of wins are not going to get you the big fights you think you should get. So I'm imploring you, dude, step the fuck up. I'm, I'm saying step up as in every damn round should be decisive in your favor. And that means you got to do more than what you're doing. That's, I, I don't know what else it's going to take for you to end up doing that. But I think that's what you need to do. If you don't want to do it, it's your Whatever. Let's talk about the fights. There's not a lot. Like I said, there were some, and they look like they got canceled. There also were some that wrapped up throughout, like uh, yesterday, for example, and some that wrapped up early this morning. I already covered those on the prior, so we're just going to talk about what's on deck uh, here this week. The big fight, I say big, and I put that in quotes because most of these are not really crazy. There's one that's a really good one, but most of these are not really crazy big fights. But this one is is the closest you're going to get to a big fight on the zone. This is happening on Tuesday out in Detroit, Michigan at the Wayne state field house, 10 rounds at light heavyweight action. Ali as my, fighting Britain Norwood. And I am Norwood is Norwood is I've watched Norwood so many times that I'm, I'm disappointed. This fight was booked because he's a, such a good dude. He really is South Paul, you know, He's up there in age, but again, I've watched him so much and I'm, he's a good dude. He just, he started late. He's been in the game, not that long. I mean, you know, relatively speaking, but he hasn't had a lot of fights. He hasn't had a lot of opportunities to show because he was on a rise and then he started getting those L's. He already has four L's in a draw and he was, he got stopped twice and it's hard for, it was hard for him to recover and rebuild. And so here we are, but with Osmaliov, I'm just, it's like, I don't want to see what I suspect is going to happen to us, to uh, Norwood happen here. I think his is going to run right through him. And I hate to see that because again, Norwood's a really good dude. So it is what it is. If you like the light heavies, it's, I think it's worth watching. So I think you're going to see some action. I just don't think it's going to last too long. I don't think it lasts the distance. I think Norwood's going to get taken out early, probably sometime inside the seventh round is my guess on that one. Again, hurts my heart to see that fight on the dockets. 
Uh, same event, undercard 10 rounds at super welterweight action. Ardrill Holmes fighting Marlon Harrington. I'm aware of Holmes. I've only saw him fight a couple times, and I did a, watch a couple fights after this. Uh, Harrington, I was not aware of. I watched a couple fights of his. I think it's a good fight. Very well matched. Roughly even on the books. Uh, rounds of experience leans towards Holmes. What I saw of Holmes is frustrating, though, because it seems like he's got the skill, and he's southpaw, and he's rangy. Like, he's got this... He's got this visual about him where you think he's more than he is, you know, and he'll go in there and it's just boxing. He just boxes and then he'll either eke out a win or he'll dominate you. But it's never exciting. It's never explosive. You don't walk away thinking this is the next guy or it's like he's going through the motions is the best way I can describe it, which I don't like to see at his age. He's he's young and he's only been fighting roughly two times a year, which I think at his age of 29, he really should be fighting roughly three times a year by now. And he's not, I don't know why that is. And again, seems like he's just going through the motions. Doesn't really pull the trigger to go all out. What I'd like to see without putting yourself at risk, but you know, do a little bit more than what you've been doing. Meanwhile, Harrington, what I saw absolute opposite in terms of style, he's a knockout guy. He's going to try to get you out of there and he has got skill. So I'm concerned <laughs> because again, with Holmes, I don't know if the matchup on this one was just to test Holmes because this is going to be a test for him. Harrington is not a soft touch for him of what I saw. Harrington is going to bring something and Holmes is going to be tested from what I saw his for the first time in his career by somebody who really can hurt this dude. And if Holmes ever hears this, if he half asses this, Harrington is going to put a hurting on this guy, I think so. Holmes has to box smart. He's got to basically do what he's been doing, which is box smart, stay away from the power. He's got the range advantage, but not by much. He's got the height advantage, but not by much. You got the southpaw advantage. The only thing that's really playing in your favor in this fight against Harrington, arguably, is... <laughs> I'm going to apologize up front. Holmes is his best strategy is to run. And I don't mean run as in run. I mean, he cannot engage here. He cannot, this won't let him showcase anything. He's not going to be able to be an aggressor. He's, he's got to move. He's got to stay away, you know, and, and somehow points win this guy. And I suspect it's not going to work. If he can exploit the Southpaw stance, maybe I don't think it's looking good for young Holmes. I, I see it's a good test. So I, oh, I hate these matches. Anyway, so this next Saturday is the other big fight that I saw on docket. And this one's a burner. This one's a barn burner. Make sure you do not miss this one. Uh, Takuma Inoue fighting on Kahas. Wow, what a freaking great fight. Fantastic fight for what it is. And I'm going to just warn you, this is not the Inoue who knocks everybody out. This is the boxer Inoue. This is the, this is the I don't want to say skill, but this is the guy who boxes. This is the guy who moves. This is the guy whose precision and accuracy. He does have one loss by decision. Other than that, he's been dominant in almost all of his situations. He's a quality dude. And then Ankaha speaks for himself. He's quality as well. He's coming off a stoppage win. He's running on a high. My mind leans towards Ankaha in this one because Ankaha is quality. He does have the losses where he got dominated by decision. He's never been knocked out. He only got hurt, I believe, the one time. Other than that, he's just been solid, except for when he stepped up and he got you know, dominated. I'm leaning on Cajas. I'm just going to say that on Cajas has every advantage in this one other than age, but it's going to be a great fight for what it is. That's ESPN plus. If you want to check that out, taking place 
in Kokugin, Tokyo, out in Japan. And I, again, recommend you check that one out if you want uh, boxing, true boxing uh, by definition. Uh, the other fight that's happening on ESPN Plus, this is on the undercard. It's the same event, 12 rounds at bantamweight action. Alejandro Santiago fighting Junto Nakatani, another amazing fight. Another great, fantastic matchup, too, on the numbers. They're roughly equivalent. The only difference is that Santiago slipped a bit, slipped off as far as he has some losses. He has quite a few draws, too. Like, it seems like the number of draws is staggering for the guy. I was surprised to see that there were so many times where he just couldn't get the judges to decide for him. And I watched some footage, and I realized what it is. It's that if he sees an opportunity, he'll take it, and he'll get it. If he can't find the opportunity, it's like he doesn't have a plan B. So that's why I'm really sad to say Junto Nakatani, I see him getting a W on this one, possibly by stoppage. Junto Nakatani is not the other Nakatani that embarrassed Tiafimo. This is a different Nakatani, but he's quality just like the other Nakatani. He's quality. Southpaw, tall, rangy, good dude. Win streak, he's never been beat. He's never been close to getting knocked down or out. And he's just skilled. He's skilled, powered hands. He's just good dude. Nakatani, I think, walks through Santiago. I think Santiago will be there early on. I don't think he's got enough, basically, to keep uh, Nakatani off of him. I, again, I see a knockout on that one. I hope I'm wrong because, you know, Santiago's a good dude, but it would not surprise me, I guess I should say, probably better set. In Moscow, Russia, and I'm not sure if it's televised. I'll talk about it in case you're local or broadcast, you can find it. 12 rounds of cruiserweight action. Uh, Igor Mikalkin fighting Umar Salomov. Had not heard of either guy. Uh, I think they're both, I think they're both Russian actually. And I looked at the numbers. I wasn't really impressed, but it's a reasonably even match fight. I would say they're really even on the books. Uh, McCalkin has Southpaw stance. Uh, he's a little bit shorter. Other than that, it's pretty even matched on number of fights. Uh, years in the business favors McCalkin, but I, I think it's even otherwise. I think it's going to be a good fight. That's crap. If you can find it televised. Again, I could not uh, find that fight anywhere televised. So it may or may not be. So I apologize if it turns out being and you uh, miss some boxing. But that's the state of our freaking uh, boxing situation is it's harder and harder to find all these events. Switching back, I wanted to talk about that one. I'm going to switch back to uh, Tokyo for the ESPN Plus event. 12 rounds of super flyweight action. Kosei Tanaka fighting Christian Eduardo uh, Bacasegua. Uh, wow. Great fight for what it is, although I'm worried <laughs> for Bacasegua because because uh, Tanaka has been on a tear ever recently. He got beat, he got stopped, and then rebounded, rebuilt, and he's been back on back on track mentally. I think it's going to be really good for what it is, and I think Tanaka wins that one. I, I don't know if by decision or knockout, I'm going to lean decision, but I think he wins that one. And then eight rounds at bantamweight action. Jonas Sultan fighting Rico Masuda. Uh, Rico Masuda, I was aware of. He's, he started very recently. He's like two years in the business, and he's already had a, he's been good. He's not obviously stepped up yet. He only has like three fights, but he's a good, what I see visually. Southpaw, uh, just quick, quick hands, quick feet. Uh, I, I I think he's a really good fighter. The one thing I saw Masuda that tells me to lean a little bit in his favor is Sultan, the person he's fighting out of the Philippines, I believe. Sultan lost his last fight by decision. And so far, he's never been knocked out. He's I don't even think he's been dropped. He's durable, he's got skill, and he just, for whatever reason, has these lapses in the fight. 
And so that, to me, is going to give, I believe, Masudo a little bit of an advantage over Sultan. Sultan has six losses, so don't get it twisted. But Sultan's skilled, so don't let the six losses sway you. He's talented. He's really skilled. He just, I think he's going to make a mistake, and Masuda's going to catch him and deal with him. Is my, that's my gut speaking on that one. That's our fights uh, that we got on deck here for the next week. Uh, I probably won't be able to catch any of these, but I will circle back next weekend for more coverage. And again, if Foster hears this, dude, I really wish you would step up because I see something in you in terms of talent, but the cruising for six minimum is just not going to cut it when you need to step up and showcase yourself when you got guys like fucking Tia Fimo and others out there who are dominating the spotlight when they don't deserve it. You could be up there. You could be one of those guys, but you're not going to be able to do that if you're just coasting every single damn fight that people see you in. 